You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Um, okay, I want to talk about growing your likability. You know what I'm saying? Um, this really isn't like a spiritual lesson, but we'll start in the Bible just for the sake of uh, religious people. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Jesus increased. Jesus increased in wisdom and favor with God and man. Jesus increased in wisdom and favor with God and man. So this is a really intense thought right off the bat that you can increase. And if you can increase, you can decrease. Um, here's another big thought. If Jesus needed to increase, <laughs> we probably should be hoping to increase. So our life right now, your life right now, our life right now is increasing or decreasing. There's, there's very little neutral time. Our faith is increasing or decreasing. Our hope is increasing or decreasing. Our, and even if you feel stuck, you're probably not stuck. I was thinking about this with, with like the rise of inflation in your savings account. Like any money you have right now in savings, you're losing money. Because inflation's growing so fast. So the rise of inflation right now has been like 6%. That means that the money in your bank account right now is worth 6% less than it was a year ago. <laughs> so if you're not investing that money, you're losing money right now. Just think about, about that idea. Uh, and so we want to invest wisely, but you should be investing money because you just having money right now, you're losing money. Okay, well, in the same way, you're either increasing or decreasing. So even if you feel stagnant, there, there really only is increase or decrease. Jesus increased in wisdom and favor. Now, we're going to focus on favor, but just really quick, here's wisdom. The base level of wisdom is understanding good and evil. That's the base level of, of wisdom. To look at a thing and be able to judge this is good or evil. That's the base level of wisdom. Most believers will never even enter into that because they have no Bible knowledge. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a sin to be a homosexual. Well, yeah, of course you don't. You don't read the Bible. Well, I don't think it's wrong that I sleep with my girl. Well, of course you don't. You don't read the Bible. <laughs> so you don't... <laughs> You guys are afraid to say amen. We're in staff meeting. You're afraid to say amen. Well, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong that I hate that person. Well, of course, you don't read the Bible. So you're not even, you haven't even got to base level wisdom yet. Good and evil. You can't even discern good and evil. Uh, where does life begin? Well, the Bible tells us where life begins. It begins in the womb. Before I formed you, I knew you. 
And before you were born, I called you. The first person to be baptized with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament was in, was in the womb. John the Baptist was the first person to be born in the, to be spirit-filled. Think about that. Mary walks in, and when Mary walks in, Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit, and John is filled with the Spirit in the womb. So if, if obviously, this shows us where life begins. Well, we don't even, we don't even Christians don't even believe that anymore because they don't even read the Bible, so they don't even know base level good and evil. Does that mean that is there hope for you if you've had an abortion? Absolutely. Is there grace for you? Absolutely. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is like we don't even know, we don't even know how to vote. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't even know how to, because we don't even know the Bible enough to even, okay, so that's base level. But here's how you increase in wisdom, that you know good from best. So here's what I would say. You need a biblical foundation to know good from evil on any level. But to now increase in wisdom, it's gonna take another level for you to increase to know good from best. So now I don't just know good from evil. I can't just tell you morally what I believe or why I know that's wrong or why I know that's right or what the scripture says about a moral issue. Now I know uh, good from best. So, I, so now you can look at your life and go, this is good, but this is best. This is okay, but this is best. Paul said, Paul said all things are permissible like if, if that's what you want to do, but not all things are beneficial. And then he says, and I will not be mastered by anything. So anything that can master me, Paul says, I won't even go. It's not that it's evil. It's that I won't be controlled by it. So, so now we go from good and evil to good and best. And that's where you can increase too. Okay, but that's wisdom. That's not my talk today. So let's keep going now. He increased in favor. So my life is increasing or decreasing. My wisdom is increasing or decreasing, and my favor is increasing and decreasing. Now, who do I have favor with? You have favor with two people, favor with God and favor with man. Uh, I'll just say this really quick. This is why integrity matters. There has been so much teaching on grace in the last few years about who you are in Christ and going to heaven, and I'm not against any of that. But what has been ignored, so, so there would be a focus like this. There's a, a really strong focus on Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, but no one's teaching chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6. <laughs> There's a really big focus on Colossians chapter 1 and 2, but no one's, no one's preaching chapter 3 and 4. There's a big focus on Galatians chapter 1, 2, and 3, but no one's preaching 4, 5, and 6. On and on. There's, there's a big focus on you know, one little thought from Romans, but not the whole theme, right? So, so here's what that means. Yes, I can have favor with God, but if I go rob a bank today, I'm done, right? If I cheat on Shannon, I'm done. I'm done. 
Could there be a few religious people that stick with me and I could have somewhat of a semblance of a ministry? Yeah, but I'm, but I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I, I lose my family. I lose respect. Can I rebuild? Maybe. Never at the level that I was at before. So integrity matters because it's not, well, yeah, well, God forgives me. Yeah, but you'll lose favor with man. Even, so even if God forgives, most people won't forgive. <laughs> they just won't, especially in leadership. So we don't want to, you just don't want to ignore that and just kind of, you know, we can't ignore the overarching theme of Scripture and just say, well, yes, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Well, absolutely, but you're, you're going to lose out on your impact of what God wants to do in your life. Okay, so Jesus grew in favor. We can grow in favor. And I just want to remind you of a few things. These aren't really points. I just want to get these into your heart. The, the first is that we are in the people business. Like, no matter your role, this is different than working at a secular place. Because we're in the people, we're not in the, we're not in the music business, we're not in the communication business, we're not in the education business. Does this make sense? Yes. We're in the people business. Um, that's what we do. We don't, we don't do all those other things are a means to an end, but the end is people. The end is souls. The end is, we're not in the, we're not in the real estate business, though we need buildings. We're not in the, so there's like a lot of natural things that have to happen from knowing how to excellently run a camera to, to scheduling a person to on and on to knowing how to do a business deal to anything else. None of that, all of that, is simply a servant to the six minutes that we're watching that video of Daniel and we're going, oh, oh my God, yeah, that's it. That's, what we're, that's why we do this. That's why we care about any, anything else that we care about, we only care about for that moment. We're in the people business. Number two, you should be, we should be, this room should be the most loved group of people in the church. I love the preaching, but man, the staff is really, nope. Man, I really like the music, but man, I just can never get a response, nope. We should be, this room should be. Well, I guess they must be really busy on Sundays. They don't even look at, they don't even look at me in the eye. No, we should be, this room should be the most loved group of people in our church. When people think of the church, they should think of people in this room. People should be drawn to us and not repelled by us. People should be drawn to us, not repelled by us. People shouldn't deal with the necessary evil of this staff because they like the sermons. <laughs> And I'm not saying that's happening here. I'm saying I've seen it happen in churches, though. 
where it's like, man, the staff is a mess, man, the ministry is a mess, man, but man, that guy can really preach, so we'll go. And what, and what has actually happened now in the, in the new wave of technology is now church, church people have gone one of two things. Either one, I can just watch online, so I don't even have to deal with them. Or two, I can go find a great church for my family and a great church where I feel connected, and then I'll watch him on Tuesday on the podcast. So that's another thing that's really happened. Well, we, that, that, that is not our goal. The goal is not, yeah, you know, I still watch online. <laughs> that's not the goal. The goal is that they're deeply connected and rooted in this church and grounded in this church. And so now, how do I grow my likability? How do I grow my favor? If I can increase in favor with man, what does that look like? How do I do that? And, and it doesn't happen, I would say this, it doesn't happen, no increase happens naturally. Nothing good just happens. Everything good happens by design. Everything, right? We've talked a lot about culture being by design or by default. So, so increase happens by design, not by default. Um, now, I'll, I'll say this. There, there is that rare, 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 super tiny, itty-bitty, rare group of people that are just awesome with people. But that group is so little. Most people who are great with people have had to learn, have had to learn it. And I would say that I had to learn it. I, I don't, I wasn't naturally great. I'm, my, my default is musician, stay up late, sleep in late, lazy, just, I want a vibe, man. I just want, and I had to, and I had to get out of all of that for the sake of being a leader, okay? So it doesn't mean that you can't have that side to you to a very small extent, but uh, everything that comes naturally to you isn't always your friend. But I'll get into that in a second. So here's, I'm getting into my second point. Here, here's, here's how you, just a few ways you can grow. Number one, you can listen. How do I grow in favor with people how do I grow in my likability? Where people look at you and go, I don't know why. I like you. I trust you. You may not be the most qualified, but I like you. Listen. Not listening to respond, but listening to learn. Not listening to respond, but listening to learn. Okay, I'm listening to you talk, but only because... I'm trying to get evidence against you so that when I talk, I can either look better or more educated or, no, I'm listening to learn. There, there's, it's so amazing how, again, going back to like insecurity and you'll hear people talk and they say something that you don't understand and it would actually be endearing to, for you to go, wait, wait, what was that? What, is that? what do you mean by that? 
Oh, you don't know about? No, I don't. What, what did you mean by that? And a good example of this would be Brett Knutson in our church. He's a techie guy. He just knows so much stuff about stuff that I just don't know about. And we'll be at lunch and he'll go, yeah, you know, with my portfolio, I'm doing, and there are times that I'm sitting there and I want to go, mm, yeah, 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 totally, bro. But instead I go, wait, what are you doing? What is that? And he goes, oh, well, yeah, it's this, you know, he taught me about NFTs a year ago. Hey, these things are about to hit, you know. I didn't go, oh, yeah, 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 NFTs, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's like the NFL, like, yeah. No, I didn't, no idea. So, I, so we invested in NFTs eight months ago, I think, before anybody knew what they were. Because I took a moment to learn, to listen. So I, I listen with the intent of learning, not with the intent of acting like I know or trying to come up with the, with the response. It'd be so much better to go, wait, what was that? What did you just, what, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? I don't even understand what you just, that was so over my head. Teach me something right now. That's actually, in, that's actually endearing. Uh, it is so much better than just, oh, yeah, 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 I know. And then you walk away going, I have no idea what was just. So, so listen. And here's why it'll grow your likability, because people love hearing their own voice. <laughs> Right? People love hearing their own voice and people love hearing their own name. So people like hearing their name and people like hearing themselves speak. So you become more likable when you listen to them talk. And they like teaching you. They like, they like that moment. Number two, be authentic. Be authentic. Be you. Everyone else is taken. You were born an original, don't die a copy. Be authentic. To be authentic is to be truly you. To be holy is to be a healthy you. So that's why... We, we love the Enneagram because it helps us discover who we are, but just knowing your number does not make you healthy, right? So, I, so what, the reason the number helps me is because then I can go, oh, and the unhealthy traits of, for me, an eight are, oh, and I'm really in that right now, right? I don't know why. Okay, I got to figure that out. So not just, well, I'm an eight, so I run over people. It's just what I do. It's just me. I got to do me. No. Why am I isolating? Because that's an eight thing that can happen. Why do I? I forgot what those other ones were that we were reading the other day, but I was like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> and I, you know, when I get stressed, this is what I do as an eight. Well, that really helps me then. So I want to be authentic, but I want to be healthy and your greatest strength will always be your greatest weakness. Always. And there, there are actually a lot of people, I didn't know this was even debatable. There's a lot of people that don't believe that. So I guess I should tell you my opinion is your greatest strength is always your greatest weakness. What, what makes you awesome 
is what makes you weak. What makes you powerful is what makes you weak. What makes what can make you so attractive to people is what can also make you really unhealthy. Um, so you wanna you wanna use your strength, but you have to do it in a healthy way. I'll give you one more biblical example. We're talking about Moses. How am I going to deliver these people? Moses, what's in your hand? A staff? Use it. So what did he do? He went into Pharaoh's court. Threw it down. Miracle. Gets to the Red Sea. Lord, what do I do? What's in your hand? Staff? Reaches out over the rock. I mean, over the water. Sea parts. Moses, we need water. We need water. What's in his hand? He starts striking the rock. And now what has been his greatest asset now becomes his greatest weakness. And God goes, you won't go to the promised land because you touched the rock. You, you hit something that you were supposed to speak to. You use the very thing that I gave you to now bring abuse. So what he should have done is spoken to the rock and water would have flowed. But instead, he, he used the very thing God gave him. He used his strength. He used his weapon. He used, he used the very thing that God had brought him through all these things, and now he used it in the flesh. So your strength becomes your weakness. So whatever your strength is, you want to use it, you want to cultivate it, but you have to make sure it stays baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or it will become your, your weapon of manipulation. Uh, it'll become your weapon of laziness that you can just go to. Oh, yeah, well, the staff always works. Okay. It, it always works till it doesn't, until God goes, that's an idol. It always, it always does until you start trusting in it instead of in the God who anointed it. Right? You're, you're strong until you're not, Samson. You're strong until the day that you go, oh, I can overcome these guys, and you have no more strength. So your greatest strength is always your greatest weakness, and so you want to be authentic, but you, but you have to stay healthy so that the authentic you is always the best you. Now, within your authenticity, and this is what some people don't want to admit this, within your authenticity are weaknesses, right? So my, in my authenticness of Jabin, whether you want to call it an Enneagram or whatever, I can cut somebody off so fast and never think about you again that fast, like, not even hate you. Not, not, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I'm on to the next. There is probably something good in that to lead what I have to lead, but there's a lot of bad in that. So I just have, so I have to. Others of you, though, you're, you're, you so live for people's approval that you're a doormat, right? I'm the, I, I will run you over. If I even feel tension, I'll kill you before I let you even look at me wrong. <laughs> right? And then I'm on to the next. Okay, that's not, 
There can be a side of that that's just naturally me. Now, I think that comes from childhood wounds, and oh man, we could go down that line. <laughs> but it's authentically me. Part, some of that's okay. Because I'm leading a, a multi-million dollar organization. You have, to, you have to lead with some strength. But I, but I cannot let that, I cannot let, something that's very authentic about me becomes something very unhealthy about me, right? On the other hand, you could be a, a, just a total peacekeeper and you just, you just need approval and you just need, okay, all that's okay. There's an authentic side of that and, it, and it's no doubt probably connected to your number if you figure that out. But don't become a doormat. Don't let people walk all over you. Don't let people abuse you. Does that make sense? And, that, and just back to my strength weakness real quick just in case my my weakness is not abuse my weakness is I can cut you off does that make sense like I don't have a temptation to like take advantage of people I have a temptation of delete their number and (laughs) isn't that awful am I being way too okay there's also a strength in that, though, that I can go, okay, we didn't get that land? Cool. Like, I'm, I'm in a funk for three days, and then I'm, okay, what, what does God have for us, right? I'm not in it now for three weeks wanting to leave the ministry. And I know pastors who are like that. I mean, they have one setback, and, they, and it's part of their personality that they need to, they'll keep staff members on for years that they hate. Maybe this is for senior pastors. Maybe I'm being too. Number three, but I'm, but I'm being honest to number three. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Here's a, here's a great way to approach lying. Jesus is truth. Satan is the father of lies. Who do you want to be like? If you just want to understand telling the truth, Jesus is the truth. Satan is the father of lies. Who do you want to be like? Tell the truth. Ephesians 4.25. Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, laying aside lying, falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. I, I lay aside lying. And falsehood. <clears throat> and by the way, just kind of going back to the beginning of my text, I was talking about like people have focused on the first few chapters and then ignored. This is just such a great example in Ephesians 4 of like, oh yeah, by, by grace through faith, you're saved. 100%, Ephesians 2, 8, yep. There's also Ephesians 4, 25, don't lie to people. Yeah. Right? right? Like, <laughs> and Paul didn't see this as attention. Right? And, and neither, neither should we. Um, so a great example would be Sunday. And God wants to bless your life. I am blessed in Christ. Yeah. No, duh. <laughs> but there is a side of obedience that activates what God wants to do in your life. Okay, so just, I don't feel that tension. Okay, so tell the truth. Um, people don't nearly have as big of an issue as, we've, as we tell ourselves that they have with us making mistakes. 
they have, a, they have an issue with our response to that. You know, I remember, I, this wasn't in my notes, Brandon, I promise you, but I remember when Brandon installed that coffee maker and before you know it, the church is flooded at 2 a.m. as we got the call from the fire department or whatever and I just wasn't mad. Because you apologized. You didn't go, well, yeah, you know, man, I shouldn't have hired that guy. Should have, you know. You didn't blame. You didn't put it on anybody else. You went, I'm so sorry. It's like, cool, done. Insurance covered it, made for a couple of inconvenient days, moving on. What a great way to respond. Well, you know, that's never happened before. You know, it's probably something back in there with the kitchen. It's probably, you know, it's probably just let's just move forward. What a great way to just, if you make a mistake, just own it. We move forward. That's so different than lying. Because lying isn't always just a blatant lie. Lying is avoiding the truth. Lying is at, at times even blaming others. Lying is, how can I take the attention off of me and how can I get it on something else? Whether that's a, just a straight-up denial or a blame or um, a half-truth. The, the best thing to do is go, you know, hey, where's Abel, Cain? Am I my brother's keeper? He just lied. He didn't, he didn't say, I don't know. He said, am I my brother's keeper? He answered God. He answered God's question with a question that was a lie. Does that make sense? He didn't go, I don't know. I haven't seen him. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'll help you look, God. No. He didn't. It wasn't a blatant lie. It was a lie. It was a a sugar-coated lie. Just don't do that. Where's Abel? I got angry, and I'm so sorry, and I killed him. I promise you, Cain's life would have been different because God would have gone, okay, we're going to cover you. He would have. Okay, please don't kill people, okay? <sighs> but what a, you know what I mean? What a difference that could have been. Number four. Body language. We're just talking about growing in favor. We're talking about growing in likability. Body language. This, this goes back to listening a little bit. But it's, it's just all of that. It's the leaning in. It's the posture. It's the eye contact. It's the smile. It's, it's the head nod. You can communicate so much with a head nod. So if I'm talking to you, I don't like you. You're falling asleep on me. I don't like you. Right? Your mouth is open. I don't like you. You're done. You're done. I told that to Shan the other day. She, didn't, she wasn't up on the TikToks. I was up on it. And I said something. I went, you're done. You're done. She goes, no, you're done. I go, no, no, no. It's a TikTok. It's a TikTok. I go, no, 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 I'm being, I'm being hip, I'm being hip. 
So, so that is so much different than. What was that? Can you say that again? How was that? Yeah. Okay. Can I write that down really quick? There's just, there's, body language is attractive. It just is. Or it, it can be. And it can be unattractive. And so you grow in this and you grow in how to communicate and you grow in how to stop and look and listen and engage and have that moment. There, there's something to it that you can, without, without telling a person, I am uninterested in what you're saying, you can communicate that you're uninterested. And without saying, I am really interested in this, you can communicate, I'm really interested. And I'm, and I'm just telling you, you could learn this one little thing about body language. People go, man, I just love them. I just love, they're just so nice. And you didn't say anything. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't any, it, it wasn't what you said. It was how you made them feel. And uh, Maya Angelou said that. She goes, people will not remember what you said. They'll remember how you made them feel. And that, that's, that's, I would say, 90% of church, it's that feeling that people got from the message. It's that feeling people got from the conversation. that feeling people got from seeing their kids excited about church. It's that feeling they got from the music. There's that moment of like, wow. Body language. And number five, be calm. Be calm. If you've ever met a frantic person, they're just frantic. You, you, <laughs> so, 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 you, have, you have control over, that, of, over the energy that you're projecting. And a nervous energy will create more nervous energy. And, and again, what'll happen is people will just be, uh, they'll just be unattracted to it. They just won't, they won't like it. They won't, they'll, they'll, subconsciously stay away from you and they don't even know why. I do not like that person. I do not. I, and they may even say things like they're mean or they're rude or, and it's not, it's not any of that. It's just, you're so, you're so tense that it, it just, it puts something off and people don't like it. And, and we've all met people who are calm and met people who aren't calm, and even at, you know, it could be a restaurant server, it could be a barista, it could be anything. You just, you get around the wrong, you know, the wrong energy or the wrong energy level, and, you know, people have all these words for it, but it's really just, you have to learn how to calm yourself. And even on, like, a Sunday, a great example would be Sundays. It's very busy, a lot going on, service is happening so fast. But we gotta, you just have to do it with a calm spirit, to do it with a calm attitude. Um, number six. I'm only going to give you seven. I'm almost done. Number six, greet people by name. People love to hear themselves speak, and they love to hear their name. And, and I would even submit, if it's, if it's someone that you should know their name, you can even ask them, what's your name? Hey, tell me your name again. I mean, I, and I get grace for that, obviously, because I'm the pastor, but like, I do that all the time on a, hey, tell me your name again. What's your name? And, you know, they say it, and I go, okay, okay, yeah. And I, there's just people like to hear their name. 
greet people by name, and, and maybe that's even too early. Greet people by name, but, but greet people. Greet people. Start with a greeting. Start with a hello. Start with a initiate a conversation. Well, they look busy. Say hi. Initiate the conversation. Initiate the hello. Initiate those kind of things. People don't even, even know that they, that they get out of that habit. So greet people by name and greet people. Uh, number seven, ask questions. If you're, if you're ever around people who, who in, in an area of their life may be further along, ask questions. How would you do that? Why did you do that? When did you do that? How did you do that? How would I do that? All those kind of things. What would that look like? How would I get involved in that? How would I start doing that? How would I just, you just ask questions. Anytime you can, you ask questions. Again, it goes back to listening. People love to hear themselves speak. Uh, the vast majority of the time, people have some level of information or understanding in their life about something that they want to share with people. And so you, you draw on that. Well, what, what, what did you do there? When did you do that? Well, how would I do that right now? What, what would you think about this right now? All those kind of questions. You're just, you're, you're pulling on their strength. And what it does, again, it causes people to be attracted to you. So none of these things, I guess I should, I guess you have to say this now. None of these things do we ever do um, as self-serving. You know what I mean? Like these aren't little tricks to learn to, to make a cell, you know? These are, these are concepts that we should grow in because we're in the people business. People should feel heard by us. People should feel honored by us. People should feel welcomed by us. People should feel loved by us. People should uh, feel known by us in this church. So the, again, these aren't just things that I, you know, I'm not, these aren't little tricks so that people like us more. We, we should be the most loved and liked group of people in our church. People should have an attraction to us. And whether, whether you would consider yourself an extrovert or introvert, that doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter. All, all extrovert and introvert means, by the way, in case you're wondering, is how you get your energy. So if you're an extrovert, you get your energy from people. If, you, if you're an introvert, you get your energy from being alone. None of that has to do with social skills. <laughs> Does that make sense? We're, we're both introverts in, in this sense. Uh, whether it's hosting a guest speaker for the weekend or having a birthday party on Saturday and then church on Sunday, I don't know if we said more than four words to each other yesterday. Good morning. How are you? We haven't seen each other today. Like, we get our energy from being alone. I woke up this morning really early, got here, uh, had, had time in my office and then got here early. I needed, I needed time away from Goldie. I needed time, you know what I mean? I didn't want to be at home re-energizing and then she comes downstairs and then I'm done. So I had a couple of hours. <laughs> Brandon's like, yes, God, yeah. So I had a couple of hours, you know, uh, three hours this morning or or four hours, I guess, before this meeting started, I was just alone. So, but none of that is an excuse 
of my social skills, but what, but what I understand is, okay, I need time alone to re-energize for now meetings all day and meeting with people all day and all those kind of things. So, um, and, and for others of you, you're like, no, no, I gotta be around people or I'm just gonna, you know, that's, that's amazing. I can't even imagine, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish I was, you know? Um, and so, uh, just to, you know, make that understanding. So all of this, these are all things that you can practice. Introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. Um, whether you're a pastor or, or an assistant or anything else, these are all things that you can practice that will <clears throat> attract people to the church and to us and, um, the, and the trust level will rise. And, and it just will. So there you go.